Thanks for watching today. I pray that the message you're about to hear will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, you can find them on the on-demand page of walkingbyfaith.tv or on our app where you can also submit a prayer request. I want to encourage you to contact us if you are in need of prayer. Today we're starting a two-part series called For Better or For Worse. Pastors Dwayne and Jeannie are opening up like never before to discuss the ups and downs of marriage and how having God in the middle makes for the best relationship. When, when thinking about marriage, I, I kind of think it's kind of like Olympic skating. There's a lot of practice, and they fall a lot, right? They get back up, they try it again. And uh, really, in a lot of ways, that's what marriage is like. Uh, we just have this crazy idea, from probably from Hollywood, that uh, you simply marry the right person, and bam, everything's just going to work out. But the truth is that marriage is work. Uh, you are, you're, you're going to have a lot of disagreements. Uh, in fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, by the way, this verse I have never seen on anyone's refrigerator. Uh, it says it this way, but marriage people will have a hard time. And another translation, marriage will bring extra problems. How about the Amplified? Yet those who marry will have physical and earthly troubles. <laughs> All the people that are laughing are the married people. <laughs> and the single people are like, duh, what are they talking about? You know? But uh, it, 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 there's, going to be, there's going to be some difficulties as the two become one. I remember in the 1970s, uh, there was a movie that came out, popular chick flick, called Love Story. How many remember that, that, that love story? You know, and kind of the big theme of the story was uh, if, you, if you love them, you never have to say you're sorry. Let me just tell you, that's like the stupidest statement that... <laughs> anybody has ever made, right? Uh, especially men, uh, you, you may as well practice right now if you're married. In fact, if, if you're with somebody and you're in a serious relationship, you know, you're, you're dating, man, just turn to them and say right now, I'm sorry. And you know, they say, what for? You just say all the stuff that I haven't said sorry for that I should have, because there's just so much. And, and uh, it's amazing how us guys just kind of miss it. He talks about how that it's hard marriage is work and it's hard well being in single is work and hard it's called living is work and it's hard and the single think wow it'd be so much better if I got married and the married think wow it'd be better if I were single you know we just tend to always think something's going to be greener on the other side of the fence when there's when we hit a rough patch and when things are tough um but we are not in heaven yet. And so, you know, just being single isn't going to be heaven, and being married isn't going to be heaven, and being all alone in a hermit is not going to be heaven, and just being in a crowd, never paying attention to you, that's not going to be heaven. Heaven is getting the kingdom of God. It's Jesus inside of us and living Christ-like in all of these situations. And so, really, marriage, I see it as it is built 
And the way it's built, it takes time, it takes effort, and it takes daily choices. Building takes choices. And, and you basically, you build, it, you build every relationship with decisions. The decisions that you make, the choices that you make. Um, and relationships were made by God, on purpose by God. Um, he made us to have relationship with. We were not made to be alone, which means that all of this work and, and hardship and difficulty in relating to others is a God idea. It's good. And, and, and um, so we can do it best when we do it God's way. And that's what we really want to encourage with you is just um, what are God's ways of of getting along and working together and learning and growing. In Ephesians 4, it says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love, and make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bonds of peace. Uh, Jeannie and I, we've been married for 43, 44? 44 years. We were in Bible college when, when we met and when we got married. And... Uh, you know, going to classes, I was reading my Bible every day, uh, spending four hours in prayer every day, and I thought I was so spiritual. And then I got married. <laughs> and then about two months later, I was praying, and I said, God, I don't know what's happened. I mean, I used to be spiritual, and now I feel like I'm backslid. And, and seriously, I felt like the Lord spoke to my heart and said, you were always a mess, <laughs> but you just didn't know it. See, because you get married and all of a sudden, you see, when you're single, you do what you want, when you want, wh however you want, with whomever you want. You just, you just do your own thing. And suddenly you get married and all of a sudden you lay down your life. You're laying down your life. I remember Jeannie telling me, this was years ago, a lady came up and said, uh, I, I really want to get married. I think I'm ready to get married. And Jeannie starts praying for her. She asked me to pray for a husband for her. Okay. Well, you go ahead. Well, so, um, yeah, so I, I started praying, and it really is just pre, not premeditated. It just came out. I believe the Holy Spirit was speaking to her heart. I just said, I was praying, Lord, um, uh, this, this woman, she is um, ready to lay her life down, all her own plans and her own desires and wills to just come alongside a man and serve him and help him fulfill the calling you have on his life. And, but when I started saying this uh, about laying her life down and her desires and wants, she just kind of like about passed out. <laughs> somebody says, you know, the Bible says, and it does say the two will become one. And somebody said, well, you get married and you fight over which one you're going to be. <laughs> I think sometimes you become that, you know, and then you're, you, you know, what you lead different times. I want to say something about this difficulty that um, uh, relationships can be and say that um, these are, we can look at it as trials and difficulties, or we can see it that as opportunities. And really, the, the marriage is an, a wonderful opportunity to grow more Christ-like. Um, and, and you can do that when you are single and, and working in whatever your relationships can be, you can work at um, becoming more Christ-like. 
You know, now here's the deal. Practice, they say, makes perfect, but usually it makes permanent. If, if it's not corrected, if it's not evaluated, instead of making perfect, it just makes permanent. And in a marriage relationship, uh, you're going to be laying down your life. You're going to grow. You're going to find out what your spouse's needs are. And there's so much that we need to grow and change in. Now, marriage is not better than our communication. And I want to read a verse, and I want to talk about it for a couple okay, minutes. Okay, before he reads that verse... We're going to read Proverbs 10, 29, which says, The way of the Lord is strength for the upright, Yeah. but it is the ruin of those who do evil. I love that verse, and you should write it out in Proverbs 10, 29, and put it up on your mirrors or wherever you can see to remind yourself, the way of the Lord is strength to me. So every time I choose God's way, every situation, I choose God's way to handle it. Everything that happens when I choose God's way of reacting to it. I'm growing stronger. I'm growing stronger. I'm going strong. That's why after 44 years, you know, when, when um, he makes a mistake, I don't even have to point it out to him. It's just like, oh, I know. We just, we're growing stronger and our relationship grows stronger. And so you who haven't been very, married very long, don't quit. Oh, my. Uh, uh, Pick up your Bible, pick up Proverbs, learn, get some more wisdom, whatever you need for your situation. Um, get some good godly counsel, hear the word, feed on the word, find out how God wants to, you to act and react in those situations and, and make those hard choices because then they do get easier and easier and easier. The more you ch make a, a really, I'll tell you, I remember this one time, I, there, I do remember a lot of times, but, but um, I was particularly uh, tender. There's times when women just are more sensitive. Um, and, and I just was very sensitive that day. And we were out running, and Dwayne, um, he doesn't like me to when we'd, I'd run ahead of him because I love charging up hills, and that's usually and when I he, hate hills. I hate hills. Slow down. <laughs> so I'm trying to just go with him. Well, they had only snow plowed one lane, and so um, when a truck was coming down the hill, I had to move over either in front or behind him, and I chose in front of him. And I did tell him, I'll tell you my secret, when, when he barked at me, to please not run ahead of him. I said, I just thought maybe you wanted to check out my backside. <laughs> you know, just try to turn it around. I said, look, you know, I can't well, show it to anybody to else. Okay, baby. <laughs> so anyway, I got in front of him so he could see how I looked. <laughs> and, and then, but then when you're in front, you can't gauge the speed of the other one. So I really was thinking, okay, I'm not going to get too far ahead of him, but I just have to, I, he can't, I don't want him to trip on me. So I'm running along. Obviously, I got too far ahead, and he was miffed. <laughs> and, and so um, we're coming up to the top, and he just like, just let me know. I don't like you to run ahead of me. What are you doing just taking off? If you're running with me, stay with me. If you're not going to run with me, then go back home. I mean, he was just, I was feeling sensitive, and he was feeling barky. And, and um, so it just kind of 
wounded, you know, I'm just being this oversensitive, like, oh, that hurt, that hurt. Well, if he doesn't want me to run with him, maybe I should just, and I'm thinking, maybe I should just go home. And so now we're side by side, and I didn't realize at all that a truck was coming up behind me, and we're getting ready to turn left, and that this, there's another truck coming in the one plowed lane, and we're running, and I'm just crying inside, trying to hold back the tears. He grabs my hand and he throws me in the snowdrift. <laughs> you know, first impressions come really fast. And I knew he was throwing me away. <laughs> my sensitivity and my feeling rejected was over the top. <laughs> and, and of course, then I looked up and noticed he was actually being my hero and he saved me from getting hit, you know, he got me out of the way. But it, at the moment, it didn't feel like he was my hero. <laughs> and um, so we, we continued on for a little bit, but I was just choking back all these emotion things and I, I just said goodbye. And I turned around and went back home and I was upset at him being... I couldn't even be thankful for him saving me. I just was, I, I decided to just be off. And that was one of the times I had a hard time reacting right. And I'm standing at the sink, washing the dishes before he gets back and thinking, man, I'm going to tell him when he gets home. I'm going to tell him how that hurt me and I made me feel rejected. And and then God does his thing where on the inside it says, well, now, is that going to really accomplish the right thing? When you know the word of God just comes bubbling up when you don't even want it. I did not want to hear you overcome evil with good and, and uh, forgive as Christ forgave you. And, you know, but there it came. It was just in my heart and it came up and I thought, okay, if I want God to cause us both to grow and for this to not continue being repeated, then I've got to choose God's way of doing this. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those that love it will eat its fruit. He who finds a wife finds a good thing, obtains favor from the Lord. Uh, when it's talking about the power of our words, if you look at the context, it's actually referring to marriage. So we can yeah, honestly say that, that our words are going to affect our marriages. In fact, someone has said, your marriage is no better than your communication. And uh, we really started out wrong on the communication side. In fact, I just wasn't a communicator. In fact, we had a... That is correct. <laughs> and I'm, 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 I'm getting better. All right? still, she's still working on me. So, so we had a really short... I gotta tell you how bad he is at communicating no. he was. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. You gotta know this story and those of you that have already heard it, you wanna hear it again. Uh, when, when uh, well, so we met and he was, we were both well, Bible school kids. I'm gonna tell this story. The one about the money? You can tell that one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, me first or you first? I go first. Okay. Okay. So, so, so we meet, and she'll have all the specifics, okay? Now, now we do not recommend this. We're just going to tell you the, the truth. We had our first date on May... <laughs> on 
on May 1st. May 1st. You, you, that wasn't really a date. We were in the park, and you just looked down and gave me a smack on the okay, cheek. Yeah. Okay. He kissed May me. May 1. Then, then May 3, I told her I loved her. And May 5, I asked her to marry me. So, <clears throat> we're, not, we're not recommending it. We're just telling you what we did, okay? So, so there, there wasn't a lot of uh, courting. We were in the same prayer group for four or five months. But, and he gave me a ride to my job every Thursday. Yeah, on my motorcycle. On motorcycle. And I still have scars where she grabbed a hole. <laughs> She'd never been on a motorcycle. But uh, so, so we're engaged, and she wants to cook me a meal. So we right where her apartment is across the street, there's a little park. And so she fixes this meal and brings it over. And uh, she fixes biscuits and gravy. That's what my dad loved. And there were Kansas. And he's a man. She was a Kansas farmer's daughter. Now, I've, I've eaten some really strange stuff. That's because my biscuits and gravies prepared him. <laughs> From uh, guinea pigs in South America to about every sort of an animal you can think of in Africa, snakes, all kinds of different and things. And that was after the biscuits and gravy. And I like just about everything except biscuits and gravy. <laughs> so she fixes these biscuits and gravy and, and uh, she feeds me and, and I eat them and, and she says, was it good? And I said, oh yeah, they're really good. Now. The truth is, I lied. But who wants to tell your beautiful young fiance the first meal she ever cooked was really bad? I mean, you understand. Okay, so I just, I just, I just said, yeah, they were good. She said, well, you like more? And I said, no. <laughs> you know, and it, everything went fine until we got married. And then three times a week. <laughs> biscuits and gravy, biscuits and gravy biscuits and gravy. I think I lasted three months, pretty close, almost, came home, sat down. She put those biscuits and gravy in front of me. I thought I was going to throw up. So I said, I hate biscuits and gravy. And oh, she no, said, he didn't just say, I hate biscuits and gravy. <laughs> he pushed back from the table. I hate biscuits and gravy. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and she said, but you said you liked him. I said, I lied. <laughs> so I cried. <laughs> no, I lied. She cried. <laughs> but we overcame it. Yeah. Well, and part of that story actually was a part of mine because the reason I made biscuits and gravy was because it was so cheap. And I didn't think we had any money because we were both students and, and he was... Um, didn't, well, didn't work while going to school, so he was, I just didn't want to be one of those wives that just used up all her husband's money and, um, you know, made it harder for him to go to school. I didn't want to be a demanding wife, and so I was trying to just be really, really, really frugal. And um, even when we went to buy a strainer, I remember he wanted the little cheap one, so that was proof that, you know, boy, I better not spend too much money. And so when it came time, um, the end of that school year, and we were going to make him plans, to, we were going to go on the mission field, and we also had this car that you had to park on a downhill, so it would, he, he, I would push behind, 
And, and he would run alongside pushing it and then jump in, pop the clutch, and come back and pick me up. <laughs> That's, that was our car after he got rid of his motorcycle. So that was our first car. And, and um, so I never thought about it. I mean, we kind of lived like we were poor people. So I assumed we didn't have much money. So we're wow, we need a better car for going on the mission field. But, but listen, guys, in my defense, everybody, she never asked. <laughs> yeah, I didn't she ask. Didn't, you didn't ask? I didn't ask. When we got married, I gave him everything. Me, my bicycle, and $100. <laughs> That's all I had. And uh, so I just assumed, I don't know, I never did ask him. You're right. But so we, we are making this plan, and we need a new car. And he looks, he says, you know what? Since we don't know where we're going or where we're going to live, let's, let's get one of these vans. They just come out with those Ford, a nice Ford van, and we'll, we'll get an empty shell, and we'll put a little bed, benches in the back so we can actually live in there if we need to. And, and, and so, man, we had it all, he had it all figured out, and it's going to cost so much. And my eyes were like, oh, like, Wow, we're going to have to believe God. We were going to Christ for the nations, and we were going to, oh, man, this is going to be a faith challenge. We're going to believe God, and we're going to get the money to pay for this and, and go be missionaries, and I'm all excited. And I says, okay, so how are we going to pay for this? And he says, well, we'll pay cash. <laughs> we'll pay cash? Where? Oh, he says, oh, I've got enough to Pay, buy that and, and support us for a few months when we get there. And, and I was just like, wow. So he doesn't talk very much. <laughs> I just was making the point that, that we didn't really communicate. I didn't ask. He didn't tell. And so no one knew. <laughs> All right. So your marriage is as good as your communication. And we're getting better. Yeah. All right. Now, a couple things. Can I say something else about communication? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of communicating that is really difficult is correcting. Mm. Is really, this could be a whole class on its own in knowing how to share correction, but also how to receive it, correction. If you expect correction to always be connected with displeasure and rejection, you will, re, you will re, flee from it. You will refuse it. You will reject it. Love and correction go together. Um, and it's not a loving thing to never give correction. And part of our struggling in those first few years is when he would love me the wrong way, you know, or, or, I, I gave no correction. I gave no, um, nothing to give guidance. I mean, when you steer the steering wheel on your car, you're making corrections. And if the car suddenly said, I don't want to be corrected, well, you'd end up in the ditch. I mean, you know, the best, um, and power steering is wonderful because then you can really float. And you need power steering in your marriage. That's, that's letting the Holy Ghost be a part of your correcting and your receiving. And I just... Um, I wanted to, I felt like this morning that that was a word for someone to, to quit thinking that all the, when your loved one corrects you, that they're rejecting you. And just receive it as, you know what? I needed, I probably needed to hear that. And, and 
take time and figure it out and like how you can make that correction in your life. It's not easy to be corrected. I, I know, and you know, at the same time I ask, we ask each other, okay, you know, correct us, correct me. If I need it, correct me. We sit down and when Dwayne first started preaching, he had pretty kind of poor English, some habits of some words that were not proper. And, and um, so I like asked him one time, would you like to speak more correctly? And um, there are these few things that you use the word in the wrong way. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to, you know, improve and be a better speaker. But I remember the first few times when I said, honey, you don't put him there. It's he or whatever the correction was. You know, you just you could feel that bristling like, <clears throat> <sighs> you know, but then it's like, yeah, OK, you're right. And you receive it. And it's the same way, just back and forth. But it gets easier the more you, you know that, you know what? She loves me. She's not trying to beat me up. She's giving me a bit of wisdom here. And he loves me. When you realize you're loved, it's easier to receive correction. Proverbs 6.23 says, the reproofs of correction are the way of life. In other words, the way that we learn is when somebody who loves us corrects us. And when you, when you correct a wise person, the Bible says they'll love you. If you correct a fool, they'll hate you. But back to Proverbs 18. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and then going on, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Listen, here's a couple things about our words we need to remember. Number one is they don't evaporate. You, know, you, you, you say something and then come back, well, I didn't mean that. Yeah, but you already said it. It's like you planted a seed. And we need to remember the words that we speak, they do not evaporate. Those words have been planted in somebody's heart. And the Bible says some of them are like the piercing of a sword. You can say, I didn't mean it, but you already stuck that sword into their heart. Number two, and this is really important, you can't sow bad seed and reap a good harvest. If you sow a tomato seed, you're going to get a tomato plant, not corn. What you sow is what you reap. But yet so many people really believe that they can sow bad seed and reap a good harvest. You sow compliments, you reap the fruit of those compliments, and you reap compliments. You know, you sow that seed, straighten up or I'll divorce you, and you plant that seed in somebody's heart. This marriage is not secure. Divorce could be in our future. Uh, they're going to begin to act in that way. You reap what you sow. And then here's the last one. You reap disproportionately more than you sow. Jesus said 30, 60, and even 100-fold. In James, it talks about your tongue, and it says that your tongue is like the rudder of a ship. In, the, in a storm, it's not the storm that determines the direction of the boat. But it's the rudder that determines the direction of the boat. And James 3 says that our tongue is like a rudder in our life. It's like a rudder in our marriage. We sow disproportionately, or excuse me, we reap disproportionately to what we sow. 
Your tongue has such a powerful, powerful effect. So I just want you to think right now, what are three things that you could say to your spouse that would be the right seed and that would bless and increase your marriage? What are three things that you could say that would bless your marriage and bring increase into your marriage? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it will eat its fruit. You can know it, but never participate because you don't do it. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. I want to ask you a question. Do you know that you're right with God? You know, the Bible says this, we've written these things to you that you may know that you have everlasting life. You are supposed to know that you're forgiven, that you're right with God, that you're on your way to heaven. And the truth is, if you don't know that, you're not where you should be with God. And if you say, I don't know where I stand with God for sure. I hope I'm right with God. See, that, that's not the way or where you should be with God. And if that's you, I want to pray with you right now. In fact, I'd like you to bow your head and pray this prayer and surrender your life to Jesus and receive the forgiveness that he has for you. You just make these words your own. Just say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. His blood paid for my sins. I believe he rose again. And today I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I hold nothing back and I receive the forgiveness that you have for me. I thank you, you love me. I thank you, I'm your child. I'm on my way to heaven in Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you prayed that simple prayer from your heart, you are right with God. And I wanna help you keep growing spiritually. And I wrote a book and I wanna give it to you absolutely free of charge. You can download that book right now, or if you need a hard copy, you contact us. We will send you that copy absolutely free of charge. I want you to know that we love you. We pray for you. And we, we, we want God's best in your life. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. And we're so excited for you. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have it mailed to you. Or download it right there instantly. Plus, it's also available on our app. It's absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. Today's program is available on Roku and Amazon Fire TV by searching Walking by Faith. Or you can check out our app where you can download any message for easy offline listening. If you are in need of prayer or God is doing amazing things in your life, we would love to connect with you. Contact us by phone, email, or through our app. You can also find us on your favorite social platform by searching WBF TV. Have a great week and we'll see you again next time.